0: And Ray said, uh, yeah, I'm not cool with you making out with your hot best friend. And I'm like, what? Did I really just find the one straight dude ever that doesn't (laughs) want to watch me make out with my hot best friend? What?
1: Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We always strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy and positive approach to non-monogamy.
2: However, everyone approaches this a little different, and at its core, our show is about hearing and learning from the different experiences and approaches people have. With that in mind, it's important to remember that the views and opinions expressed by our
1: guests do not necessarily reflect those of our own. It's also important to remember that we aren't doctors or therapists and that we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on this show.
2: One final thing that we need to let you know about is that this podcast will hopefully include some explicit language. So, if that kind of thing offends you, we suggest you just keep listening until it no longer does. However, if you're under the age of 18, you should probably stop listening or gather up your parents and listen as a family. Enjoy!
1: Welcome to episode 57. We're Finn and Emma. We are. And today we have a fun interview with Catherine and Ray. Uh, She is a sex positive therapist that reached out to us via email and we were super excited to talk to them.
2: Yeah, she's a therapist and relationship coach and she works a lot with couples who are in non-monogamous relationships or people who are non-monogamous, ah, sound like a robot. Yeah. Non-monogamous relationships. So you don't necessarily have to be a couple, uh, but... They, her and her
1: husband, are themselves yes, so non-monogamous. We, we got to convince Ray to come on the show, which was super exciting.
2: So it's the world premiere of Ray. Uh-huh. and Yeah, so give them a listen. They've got an awesome story and a lot of really interesting things. It's not just uh, an advertisement for them. So do listen before we jump into it. What do we got? We're going somewhere
1: in a month. Uh, about two months from when this releases. We're going to be at Atlanta Poly Weekend, June 7th to 9th.
2: So come come find us, say hello. We'll, yeah. we'll be there in the flesh.
1: Yes. And then the other thing we wanted to quickly mention was Hashtag Open. And if you haven't listened to episode 53, go back and check that episode out. We talk with the founders of Hashtag Open, which is a dating app, uh, Amanda and David.
2: Yep. It's awesome interview. They talk a lot about the cool stuff they're doing. It's a pretty cool app. So give it a try. They're not paying us to say this. We're just big supporters of them and yeah. their friends of the show.
1: And what they're trying to create with their app is pretty cool. So we're so, trying to spread the word. Yeah.
2: Go do that. And maybe while you're poking around the internet, check out our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. There's all sorts of good stuff over there under the resources page, things that we love.
1: You can also contact us if you have any questions or want to be on the show or just want to say hi.
2: Yep, and I think maybe we should go to the interview now. Yeah,
1: let's go. Thanks, Catherine and Ray, for joining us. We are excited to have you on the show, and Catherine reached out to us via email, so...
2: Yeah, no, shorthand off there.
1: Well, yeah, yeah I told you.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, she reached out because she is a sex-positive therapist who works with couples in the lifestyle and in the world of polyamory and non-monogamy. And we've actually had a lot of listeners lately talking, or actually guests, talking about how how beneficial therapy has been for them. And so when she reached out, we were, like, super excited to have it as a resource. And yeah. So maybe...
1: And asked both of her yeah. and her husband to come on the show. Yeah.
2: So it's it's not a one-hour commercial, but... <laughs> we, <laughs> we will, How about we do start off, maybe just introduce yourselves, and then we'll talk a little bit about what, what you do, Catherine, and then we'll get into the story of the two of you.
0: Okay. Thanks so much for having us. And I also wanted to mention that the funny thing about me reaching out to you is that clients of mine sent your podcast to me. I'm usually the one sending my my clients all these podcasts to listen to. And I had three different clients send me links to your show. And so I thought, oh, how nice to have the circle completed where they're giving me resources. And I just really loved how how normalizing, sorry to use your title there, <laughs> how normalizing you all are. And I feel like that's so much of what, what my work as a, as a coach and a counselor relationship coach is, is normalizing and say, there isn't, there isn't just one way. And so to have two people committed to showing all the faces, I mean, not every single one, but how varied the faces of non-monogamy is. I'm just so excited for your work and thrilled to um, get to be part of your, part of your podcast.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you. And yes. thank you to your, your clients for being such good clients. Yeah.
0: And <laughs> supporting the show. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and it's funny, I was listening to a different podcast this morning and they, and he had a, um, a couple that are both therapists on and he said, I don't like to interview professionals because it's just an, it's usually just them giving their shtick and they hide behind their shtick. And I just, that's not what I want. I want to hear, the vulnerability behind their story, and I thought that was so, um, such good timing that I heard that this morning, Um, to say that that's certainly not why we're doing this, is that it's, this is the first time that Ray's ever joined me on a podcast, that we do want to stay focused a little more on, on our story, and what it's like, and a little bit maybe what it's like to be married to a counselor, (laughs) interesting. (laughs) And the
2: the face he's making is priceless. I know. (laughs) So, the the world premiere of Ray. So, well, thank you both for taking a little bit of time out of your day. Maybe then, I guess, how a, a little bit about you two, roughly your ages, and maybe a little bit about, I don't know, just a little bit about you to introduce you to
3: the listeners. Uh, my name is Ray. I'm 40-ish, from the, mostly the southeast part of the country, and I'm straight, and enjoying the... Non-monogamy journey.
0: We've been married for, we're coming up on 15 years. We've been together 18, and we've been friends for 21. So we met when we were born. I'm just kidding. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah, we were, I guess we were married the first time we stumbled into this. We were married, we've been married 10 10 years. We were on our 10-year anniversary. Yes. And then we jumped in with more intention after another year. So we've been married 11, but then we didn't do anything in, the, in non-monogamy for another six or nine months. And we live in a pretty small place. So the frequency is, is pretty spits and fits and How do you say that? Spits, spits and spurts. Spits and, fits and spurts. Yeah. <laughs> that is. So, Once in a while. About, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say how long it's been. I mean, I guess... Technically, it would be five years since we yeah. were introduced, four years since we tried it, but then, like, more active for about three years.
2: And, and knowing a little bit about your background, the first time you stumbled into it, it was a little bit of stumbling into it, right? You were kind of...
0: On vacation?
2: <laughs> Truly,
0: yes. yes. Let me mention um, that um, Ray said that he's straight, and I call myself Bi Moody. Okay. Um, which is sometimes I'm interested in women and I never quite know when or how or why. It always surprises me. I dated women in college. So I used to consider myself very bisexual, but after we got into this, I realized that I think it was sort of like my rebellion and my secret tattoo. And, you know, I was always this good girl and everybody thought they knew exactly who I was. And then the fact that I liked to, that I dated women was like my, ha ha, you think you know me kind of thing. And then, (laughs) We got together, and and Ray said, uh, "Yeah, I'm not cool with you making out with your hot best friend." And I'm like, "What? Did I really <laughs> just find the one straight dude ever that doesn't want to watch me make out with my hot best friend? What?"
3: Well, at the time, it was it was could have been a legitimate choice between having a quote marriage with a woman or a male, right? So it wasn't just playtime. It was
2: right. Right. You one didn't the other. You didn't know this world existed as an as an option. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, I think one time you said, what well, would be like you saying, you don't mind if I make out with my hot male workout partner, right? I was like, oh, I <laughs> see what you mean. <laughs> and then and so, she said like, anyway. I don't mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we, um, anyway, we got into, once we got into this and there were more, there was more opportunity for me to explore that um, side with women. I didn't crave it quite as much and now it's like I pretty much say no and then if it surprises me then I'll approach a woman and say wow I'm really interested in kissing you or something so that's that's my turn by moody yeah I
2: like
0: it I like it too that's a new one we I haven't heard before but I like it a lot
2: <laughs> I'm by Never moody mind. too but I'm always in the mood for women <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> one of my friends describes yourself as um bi from the waist up and i, I think that one's pretty great too it's oh. it's rare that i wouldn't be in some lovely soft lips and boobies but
1: yeah <laughs> i would agree that <laughs> yeah,
0: the other's a little more moody
1: specific kind of like bi situational but those are fun more fun terms yeah. to speak <laughs>
0: <Right>? <laughs> a little more specific yeah uh-huh.
2: so so how how did you stumble into it for anybody who doesn't know the the background story on that
3: We were on vacation in Mexico, and we drove past Temptation Resort and said, ooh, that looks cool, and my father-in-law, Catherine's father, had given us some extra spending money for fun, and we looked up the resort and said, let's go there for a night, and... (laughs) Stumbled
0: in. I mean, we literally had three hundred bucks. We we're thinking we would go parasailing, and instead we spent the three hundred dollars for a one day pass, one day and night pass, adaptation. Kind of... and we walked in completely green. And so we walk in, and people are like, "So, what are you?" And I'm like looking behind us, like, "Um, humans. Yeah, right. Like, what are your rules?" And we're like, "For what?" So then, once we figured out what was happening. My therapist hat went on came on hard, and I'm like, "Tell me everything. Tell me your stories." Meanwhile, Ray's like grabbing my leg under the table and saying,
3: "You don't like stop."
0: Yeah, <laughs> <Chill>. <laughs> not everybody wants to talk about their marriage on vacation. So,
3: so
2: on that, on that first night, did you? I guess you kind of figured it out. I'm assuming fairly quickly. And then, what did it look like that first night? And or was it just like? A little bit of shock and awe, and then you went back and regrouped?
3: Uh, yeah, all of a up. I mean, like, we realized it was an adult-only, even topless resort, right? But, the, you know, the, the next layer down was not quite as obvious for us. And, yeah, Kevin kept getting hung up with single guys, and I kept saying, you keep getting hung up with single guys, stop it.
0: I'm like, they're so nice. They just want to talk.
3: Like, <laughs> of course they do.
0: Sure, I can see their heart on from here. <laughs> But there was a couple that approached us, and um, they were really attractive. And we were kind of, again, looking over our shoulders like, us? Really? And they explained what was, you know, they gave us their whole story, and they were really nice and not not pressured. And they asked us our rules, and we're like, what does that mean? So they told us their rules. Two interesting rules that we've actually never come across since. Um, Do you remember what they were?
3: Yeah. One, that they don't play at night.
0: Interesting. Huh? Okay. Interesting. And the other one was... Uh, not keeping in touch with anybody they meet on vacation. So they said, so how about tomorrow we hang out at the pool and we'll see where things go. And, and we're like, okay, great. So we're all excited and charged up. And we go back to our room and... Mexico caught up with me and I had Montezuma's revenge. So Aww. there was no hanging out at the pool tomorrow. And then because and so we wrote them a note. I wrote them a note and said I was so sorry. I was sick. And I would really love to know more about them and their journey. And Ray took the note to uh, to them and said, um, you know, we're so sorry, Catherine's sick, and handed her the note, and she just looked at him and she was like, We're sorry too, but you won't hear from us, and it's nothing personal. It's just one of our rules. And the su- and the sun's going down, so, work, uh, so. Yeah. That's right. right? <laughs> must turn into
2: something. Yeah.
0: Turn Whatever the opposite of vampires is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So we went home, and it was just you know, like, oh my god, what almost happened, and. Of course we talked about it a lot. We were also at a period where we were trying to decide if we were gonna have another child, and so that was big in our in our decision making. And and in that year, so by this point I had been in, in practice as a therapist for ten years and had never once had anyone come in and talk about non monogamy. Wow. And It's kind of surprising actually. Yeah. Yes. And I always liked working with couples. So I even worked with fair amount of couples and this, I mean, of course, non-consensual non-monogamy affairs would come up, but in that year between when we stumbled into temptation and we decided to go to desire, I had three clients that came in and either they, I'd been with them and they admitted one admitted that they were polyamorous. Um, one, they talked about being interested another one that they had had that in their past. And also during that year, we figured out that our massage therapist was a swinger. <laughs> and so she became this interesting coach. Talk about weird, like laying there naked, hearing about <laughs> swinging from our massage therapist. <laughs> And so we decided, hey, let's let's try this for real. Let's go to Desire, and um, she says, "Okay, but before you go, you have to have a good set of rules."
1: As always, right? That's what they people tell you.
2: Yeah. Well, you've right? already learned. So like, you already learned the first two.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we. So I came home, you know, dutifully, like sharpened pencil ready. I'm like, okay, all right, right, hit me. What's our first rule?
3: I don't play in the four o'clock hour. No, I don't know. I'm yeah. <laughs> um,
0: we just, we couldn't think of anything.
3: Maybe. I usually say, like, no dying. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that first time, we really just sat there, like, we, we would try to think of something that seemed like a, a rule you should have, but we both kind of talk ourselves out of it, like, oh, I don't know. And so finally, what we went with was, look, we really... Trust ourselves. We know ourselves well. We're good at checking in with ourselves. We know each other really well. We're good at checking in each other. So our rules were basically like: continue to check in with ourselves, continue to check in with each other, and don't drink too much.
3: Right, and we hadn't even like even dawned on us to like play separately. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. that. You know, that was kind of an inherent rule at that point.
2: Right. I'm I'm curious though on Ray's side and And maybe just backing up a little bit in general to like the conversations that led up to this point, because desire is kind of a, a big step, I think yeah, um, yeah, it is and also like backing up, you said when when you got together that like no more making out with your hot best friend, what I guess where was the shift along the way that was like oh this is this is something we're gonna do now, and all of a sudden i'm I'm okay with it, and now yeah, and now it's about. also men too, it could be men and sure. Oh, no,
0: no. When, when he said that about making out with a hot male workout partner, he meant if I was making out with my hot male workout partner. Ah. (laughs) Yeah. Not that he was making, he's, he's straight. He wasn't making out with his hot male (laughs) workout partner. It was me (laughs) doing
3: that. Right. And I think, I think it was just, you know, a progression of time. Right. So it's like 10 years of, of, you know, quote, normal monogamous marriage. And you know, I guess I could thank her clients for <laughs> introducing us to the, to the, you know, the non-monogamy lifestyle. And we're both, you know, we both live very open-minded and we, you know, I, and like, I think the way that I term it is, you know, we're interested in non-monogamy with our relationship being the primary. Yeah. So, so that's, you know, that's, that's kind of the M.O. Or at least our M.O. Well,
0: and I think when we were first together and you had trouble with me making out with my friend, our relationship wasn't, as like s- solid or like didn't have all those years of history and we didn't have a child, you know, it was like in the, that time we really solidified our bond.
3: Yeah. Well, and like I said, at that point you could have married a woman. It was in your choice. you know that was one of your choices.
0: So. Sure. Right. And P.S. Right before we got married, we I did get to make out with my hot best friend, and we pulled her <laughs> into our bed on our. 25th uh, birthday so we we did have this little burst of non-monogamy and then we got married and we're like okay now we're adults and we're gonna do all the adulting things and we're into monogamy and then this came back up and it was like and I kept saying the same thing like do you do you feel nervous about it he's like no I know I feel so solid with you and I felt the same so it felt like at that point this could be extra fun it wasn't a choice that felt like a I guess a challenge to our attachment, right.
2: Yeah. And there and there wasn't at the beginning like the rules of like, well, I'm fine doing it as long as it's other women, it's not other guys. There was you kind of just went into it like let's just see what we come across and yeah, right. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think too when we went to temptation because that couple approached us, That's what, because again, we didn't go looking for this. We had never Googled this. We had never looked it up. The only reason that it was that that happened with my best friend was because she and I had had a history. And it was like, you know, given our age and like around that time, threesomes were really, you know, cool and, like, kind of a, an upcoming thing, and so we just thought we were really cool and progressive, you know, but then we put it away so that we could be adults, and so then, as we stumbled into this, you know, I think about that, too, if a woman had approached us at Temptation instead of a couple, that might have been the model we used for a while, but okay. because that couple approached us, that's then, I think, without really it being very conscious, it's like, that's, oh, this is how this it's works. The, yeah. The path. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and so during that year between Temptations and your desire, had you done anything other than talking about it?
0: No. 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 And we, I mean, we also, we really didn't look to see, we honestly just assumed there was, we didn't even know that there were scenes, right? We didn't know there were dating websites. We didn't even know what to look for again really our only contact was was my massage therapist because i couldn't ask my clients like well how are you doing this like, that's right, not appropriate right. i'm there to yeah. support them right but because my our massage therapist was she was just telling us and that's what they did so they always would have their they always called it their quote naked vacation in mexico so i was like when you say naked vacation in mexico have you ever heard of a place called temptation and she was no, like was... Oh, that place is so trashy you have to go to desire so, <laughs> We just didn't know. We are just following her advice, really. So when you say that feels like a big step, we didn't know of other steps. We just thought, because we only had one person advising us. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. It's not bad advice. No. We've never been to Temptation, so I can't say if it's trashy or not. I don't know. Yeah, I have no (laughs) basis. We've
0: gone back. We don't think it's trashy. But, But, you know, also I think we tend to be the type that we jump into something and then we do a lot of research um you know True. like oh let's go mountain biking and then we'll res then oh that was fun now we're going to learn about the bikes and we're going to learn about the clothing and the whatever yeah yeah we've done that in a lot of different things in our life yeah. we're not the type that research research do it it's more like oh let's try it if we like it then we do the investment and we found the sites and we listened to podcasts and we read books yeah so i guess we just did a little opposite than a lot of people so yeah. how was that trip to desire
3: that's great um we met a young couple that we really connected with and clicked with and they completely gave us the 101. <laughs> yeah. Like this way, you know, this, this is appropriate. This is not appropriate. All, you know, all the like, the, like the polite way to do thing, you know, they just totally laid it out. It was fantastic.
0: They were fantastic mentors without being patronizing. It wasn't like, right. Oh, you're newbies. We will help you. They were just like, I remember one time the guy was like, He pulled Ray aside and said, I know it's really confusing here because, you know, we're all naked. We kind of know what's on the table here in the hot tub. But to be good and fair and consensual, you need to ask my wife before you touch her on the shoulder. And Ray's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. He's like, dude, it's fine. It's really confusing. I just want you to know. So he wasn't a jerk about it. He wasn't condescending. Yeah, They gave us some... Advice that, like, you, we were we were looking over your list of questions about what do you what do we wish we could tell ourselves at the beginning. We're like, mm-hmm. how we kind of feel lucky that somebody told us what we needed to know at the beginning, yeah. which we can share with you too. But yeah, it yeah, sounds
1: no. like they were really good mentors to have. They were great. Yeah, they were great.
0: And and so the first time that we that we played, it was um, it was on bed side by side with a sheer sheet between, so it was like close enough. We weren't touching, but we could hear each other. Felt safe. Um, it was fun.
3: Yeah.
0: Do you want to tell them about what, how you felt after? Like how it was kind of. Oh, uh, you know,
3: so like you go through and growing up and you attach this like kind of meaning to sex, right? That you're supposed to be the deep connection with someone and all, you know, and uh, and I got, you know, we finished and I was like, God, that felt shallow as shit. Like,
0: not, not to her. She said to, that to
3: I, me. A, a <laughs> Um, but but it is a bit right, so it's just playtime. It's just extra. Like I'm not, yeah. You know, there's it's, it's, I had to learn that there's different there's different types of sex.
2: Mm-hmm. And that first time you were, to... it was just you two together, right? It was like a, or did you, or was it a swapping on
3: the same? It was a swap, a full swap. Like
2: we, yeah. I didn't, okay. we
0: didn't know all these terms, we didn't know all these levels. I gotcha. We just when we say side by side on the bed. Like I was with the other guy, he was with the other woman. I know Okay. We didn't. Yeah. We never even considered. We again, we didn't even know the term "full swap" or "soft swap."
3: Yeah, we didn't didn't think about soft swap.
0: Or... <laughs> Not much research here. <laughs> <yet. Yeah. laughs> but I remember when we got back to our room and you said that to me. It was so sweet. I was like, oh, "This is why I love you." Like because sex has always been very deep and connective for us. And to have my husband be like, I mean, it was fun, but it just was shallow. And I'm like, Oh, that is so sweet. And I'm glad. And he kind of looked at me like, what? And I was like, I wouldn't want it to be, I wouldn't want you to feel like you just had a deep emotional connection with her. And he's like, Oh, all right. So that was like the recalibrating, like, Oh, right. This is playtime. I don't need to find an emotional connection with this person to be sexual with them. I've got that with you. That was one of our biggest, like, oh, right, that's not what this is, and to learn how to have sex in different ways. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and was it was it similar for you, Catherine, and the sort of the same feeling when you got
0: done? Um, I don't think I expected it to be deep, and so it was, I didn't feel this letdown. For me, it was more like, oh, wow, it's fun to be able to have sex with somebody that is just a fun physical outlet. I mean, of course I felt connected. I mean, we'd spent two days getting to know them and we really liked them. We had great banter. I always talk about my biggest sex ordinance between my ears. So like he and I were great. We had a lot of flirting and mm-hmm. there was a lot of connection, but it wasn't, it wasn't sex with the father of my child and my <laughs> past and my future and my, right. you know, my home, my life. Right? right. So it was fun for me. It just, it felt like another delicious flavor of ice cream. I would never choose it over the uh, the flavor of Ray But if I get to have both, well, sure. Like, yeah. So for me, it was more like, oh, that was exciting in a similar way as like making out with my best friend was exciting. For me, it didn't ever feel like a choice. I always knew that I would choose Ray. I wasn't going to choose her. And so this was that kind of thing. It was like, I choose Ray. And then if I can make out with my best friend and have fun kind of. I hate to say more shallow, but I guess it is more shallow. Sex with him, like this other guy, that's fun. It's yeah. just an addition, right? Um, so it was similar, but I wasn't expecting it to be anything. I guess I was right. more expecting that, so I didn't feel the letdown at first. Yeah, um,
3: letdown let might be strong. I think it was just, just a, re- a revelation. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Well, and it's, it sounds like it's
2: not completely emotional It's not like you guys are zombies. You you have <laughs> no, the, right. the connection there. It's just. It wasn't the fireworks of a a 20-year marriage or a 10-year marriage at that point, right? It's just a totally different type of sex.
0: Right. Right. Well, actually, that's interesting, though, that we're talking about the different kinds of sex, because one of the things, the benefits we've gotten out of this is I think it's taught us how to have that kind of sex with each other. I think, again, we just kind of grew up thinking okay well it's always making love it's always making love it's always making love and honestly it took a long time before we fucked (laughs) each other you know like we had to practice just like that awesome physical primal fucking if you will with other people before we knew how to or felt comfortable doing it with each other yeah and to realize that wasn't degrading our relationship it didn't I know I think it was harder for Ray cause he's like, but I respect you. And you're, you're my, you're my, you're my love. I don't want to just fuck you. And I'm like, but what if I want you to? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and so did it, I mean, are there some other changes that you saw coming back from that first trip? And then as you progressed through non-monogamy, like to your relationship, whether it was the sexual side or communication or whatever it was.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, the big irony, right, is that, you know, you feel more trust, you feel more open, you talk a whole lot more, you know, the feeling of security because you are talking more, Uh, you know, it's one of the
0: the great ironies. Yeah, that we feel closer to each other after we've slept with other people. After we're fucking other people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, that's that sense of security when I know that he has the opportunity to be with someone else and he still chooses me and he chooses me again and he chooses me again and he still chooses me it's i feel such a deeper form of attachment and security than i did before and i wouldn't have described it before that i didn't but being put to that test if you will i just mm-hmm. there's just yeah it has so strengthened our our trust and attachment
1: mm-hmm. yeah uh, have yeah. you encountered challenges along the way too like jealousy or anything
0: Oh, oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Um that's part, you know, that's part of being married to a therapist, right? Is that hardly anything goes without being untalked about, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um,
0: well, and I I will I'll go ahead and just admit I was the really arrogant one that was just I was just sure that Ray would be the one that would get jealous. And so I did a lot of preparation in myself about how I would support him and be so careful and you know, babe I got you. And never did it dawn on me that I would be the one that was jealous. So guess who got her lid flipped and completely <laughs> blindsided with jealousy? That'd be me.
2: So what caused it? Just out of curiosity. Uh, do you remember? Uh
0: no. Because I do. I don't <laughs> Um, You know, it's, we, we laugh about this often as, as we've explored and we play separately now, which has been a progression and, and how it was the same, even then it's so rarely anything sexual that we get jealous about. It'll be something that seems in the grand scheme of it so little. And so in this instance, we've been with a couple and, um, we all, we were all texting together and then just kind of out of convenience of who had time to text when we were texting separately and no problems and then ray was away on a boys weekend mountain biking and which we've always done taking time for ourselves with girl with girls and guys you know to just benefit ourselves and and so after he came home and i was feeling a little bit guilty because i had been texting the guy a fair amount while he was gone because i had more time on my hands and so i remember we we put our daughter to bed and we're sitting on the couch and i said you know, when you read the text that you and I've been sending, I just want to make sure that, like, I'm in bounds and you feel good about everything. I'd rather just be proactive about it. And he's like, well, I don't really know if I want to. And I was like, it would just make, if you don't mind, it would make me feel better as we're learning this because we were brand new. And so he's like, okay. And so he's reading it. And I was just sitting there, like, I remember literally playing with a pen in my hand, looking at the walls. And I was like, oh, well, do you mind if I look at yours? Only because I was bored, not because I was worried or suspicious or jealous. And so I'm just flipping through and I'm seeing the stuff that he and the woman are sending each other. And he sent her this really sexy picture. And I was like, huh, and grab my phone back. And I'm looking at timestamps of when he's texting me and when he's texting her. And I'm like. <laughs> Hold the phone! I was like, I'm not allowed to text on boys' weekend. Not allowed. He's asked for space to not text during boys' weekend, and then you're sending her sexy pictures of yourself like before you send them to me, and I flipped out. So it wasn't even about sex. It wasn't even about the sexy picture. It was just that she access to him during a time that I typically have been asked to give space, and I was like, Oh no, I'll share, but you don't get something I don't get. And, and I remember which is fair yeah I remember just feeling the, like the, the front of my brain the rational part flipping back and hitting the wall and he looked over at me and he's like oh god what and I was like I am not okay <laughs> <laughs> and I explained it and as as he just said he's like oh I totally get it you know like you're right that wasn't that wasn't kosher but we didn't know right. yeah right We had to experience it, pur- it. absolutely um and there've been other times where we've both gotten ruffled about things over the years, but for me, I always look at it as an opportunity. I love in the ethical slut, they have this acronym called AFOL, another fucking opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's always been like, well, all right, you know, like I got jealous about this. This clearly means I've got some some issues that I need to work on. I'm ready to do the work. And, you know, for Ray, it was a little different when, it, when things got hard it was a little,
3: um. yeah. That's, you know, you, yeah, and, and that's part of being married to a, a counselor, right? Cause the counselor knows that it's just going to be hard and you're going to have to like get down and dirty and do some work on yourself. Right. Not everybody realizes that, but when you're married to a counselor, that's, that's part of the, part of the deal.
0: Yeah. But at first you'd be like, well, this is hard. We, this is, we should just stop this. And I'm like, that right. never occurred right. to me. Like, no, no, that just means we grow and work harder and he's kind of like being the engineer, like, well, why would we add something that's making things harder? Yeah. Cause
3: and effect, better. right?
1: Right. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, no, and, and so you, you've talked now that you you made it through some of those and you you've you've actually progressed to playing separate and I guess what is what does the dynamic look like today versus when you when you started? Is it is it still more of the the swing side of things or have you moved into more of like a polydynamic and I guess, yeah, what does it look like?
3: I'd say it sort of depends on, I probably depends on the event, right? So if we go to a party, we start out treating it sort of as a, you know, together mission, if you will.
0: Couples dating. Couples
3: date. And then sometimes it works out that we, you know, we play separately or sometimes we only play separately at an event or, Sometimes where you don't play with anyone in an event, like oftentimes often anybody in an event. It, I think it depends, and you know, like if if one of us is traveling and we we know someone where we're traveling, we can play separately that way. Sometimes if it works out, you know, it's yeah. it's it's more of a logistical, sometimes logistical convenience.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah but like like Ray said when he described our kind of how we would how we do this is that I do think it's priority is always on us and our favorite is to find another couple where there's a four-way connection and we can, even if we're not playing in the same room where we can be, you know, enjoying dinner and drinks and four-way banter and then a little bit of side talk. And then even if we separate to separate rooms and then we have separate playtime or we all come back and laugh and talk and go to brunch together, that's our favorite for sure. We love to travel with another couple. We always say, forgetting you like unicorns being single women those are easy to find four way connection with a couple that's the elusive unicorn yeah so we realized that that's a harder thing and we don't want to we don't want to i guess we finally got to the point where we're like we don't want to want that so badly that we lower our standards and so if we go to a party or an event and there are couples there we're always going to look for that first yeah. um when we play separately like out of town you know, if there's a friend of mine that flew into a town near us, I wouldn't drive down there just to see him and play. That just doesn't feel like that wouldn't be my only reason for driving two hours to see some to go do something with somebody. But if I'm at a training and it's in a town where I, you know, I got, you know, playmate of mine lives Sure. Or if we're even one time we were we were in a city together, even with our daughter and my playmates was there. And and Ray was like, "Go have a fun afternoon. Like I got this. We'll go. Our daughter and I'll go biking." I'm like, "Are you sure?" He's like, "Absolutely." If he's on a work trip and there's somebody that he plays with, it's by all means. It's not taking away from us or our family or our sense of, of, of our goal of staying really tight together. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I wouldn't describe us as poly. No, we but... both we both like to have like have a friendship with our playmates. We definitely keep in touch, and we'll send silly texts or sexy texts. But it never feels like a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It feels like a fun friend right. with yeah. fun, sexy time. Yeah. I guess
2: what what was that transition like? The first time that you were like, "Yeah, that's okay, go play separately." I imagine one or the other of you gave that permission, and probably one or the other
0: of you was like, "What." how did that, how did we get here? Well, ironically, I was asked to teach a workshop about hall passes before we'd ever done one. Right. <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean, a lot of uh, getting ready for a hall pass is about managing expectations and getting your rules straight and being honest and managing jealousy. And I got all that. We've done all that. So I've jumped in and taught it without having ever done it. But of course you can imagine we had a lot of talks about it because I'm writing this workshop. Um, Ray was with me while I taught the workshop. So we're hearing people's experience. And I think we sat on that for about a year and just kind of thought like, well, what would feel comfortable? What, and both of us kind of came back to like a, well, if we were in a close, like if we were on a cruise or if we were at a pool party and we were both there and it was just like slipping off for a couple hours and the other one was already having fun. And then that happened.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't the, you know, like it wasn't all roses and easy, but
0: well, first time it was
3: <laughs> true. Yeah. Not true.
0: Yeah. But I was I actually suggested. I was like, this woman came up to me and said, she'd love to have some time with us. And I'm not really in the mood for it today, but I told her she should have some of you if you guys are up for it. And so I set up his first hall pass. <laughs>
2: that's, a, that's a good there.
0: Yeah. I was <laughs> say. <saying. laughs> Um, and then the second and third and fourth ones were much rockier than that one. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's it's all part of the learning. It's you know there was other outside mm-hmm. outside influences that compromised our each one of our comfort comfort level and you know.
0: And again, with all of it, none of it had to do with sex. Like the yeah. time my first away time, Ray was like, "I am fine. I know what you're doing. It's all good." And this was dumb on both of our parts. I didn't take my phone. Uh. And he didn't know what room I was in. I mean, it was like we we landed at Temptation and this happened. And we just hadn't thought through it. We didn't use our, do our usual, like, let's be safe kind of thing. And it took longer than it should have. And so mostly it was him being upset that it took a long time. He didn't know where I was and he started to get nervous or scared. He's like, I'm fine with the sex. It was more of that, that
1: piece. Which, right yeah Feel, there, I, the, the fear of the unknown there at that point then
0: yes yeah.
2: yes, definitely so uh, a few times, Ray, you mentioned the whether you call them benefits or pitfalls of being married to a, a therapist or a counselor who who kind of specializes in this stuff. are there other really? things that that you think maybe give you either an advantage or maybe you're at a disadvantage navigating this. In your your situation, that's a little bit different than a lot of our situations.
3: <laughs> yes, um, for sure. There's uh, yeah, there's a couple things. Um, going back to the feeling um, of trust and feeling of security with her. I mean, the way that we talk through things, you know, that all comes full circle. So that's kind of like the benefit because it's uh, it's she's we're we're gonna I know we're gonna work through it. Like there's no there's no. There's no
0: There's question on that.
3: <laughs> yeah, right, right. There's no hall pass on talking about something. <laughs> There's no hall pass on talking about issues, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's that's you know that's very comforting and it kind of allows you to relax and maybe even you know loosen up and just take it as it comes. Um, the other, it's kind of funny. Sometimes I have to. It's really. I have to say, it's really kind of funny watching people squirm a little when she starts asking questions. <laughs> I do remind the people that she's talking to at any point that they can tell her to go away and be quiet. Like, you don't have to answer these questions.
1: I like, you give them a disclaimer.
3: I give them a, I give them a hall pass to leave. Yes. <laughs> um, and, yes, this is, a, this is another unintended good benefit is that in her work she works through other people's issues and then sometimes after the sessions she'll say, I'm so glad I'm married to you. <laughs>
0: Some people make him look really. Some good. Some
1: people
3: make me look really good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I say that's a good thing. I mean, yeah. fringe
2: fringe benefit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it is. I mean, when he says like the people squirm, it's funny how it's. I don't want to say this is an intention, an intentional litmus test at all because we don't we don't carry any baggage around it. But it's funny to see how some people respond. I try to tell people what I do pretty early on in talking to them, because some people will be like. And done. Like, they Absolutely. they have no interest. Like, this this one guy was like, oh, so you're analyzing me right now. I'm like, no more than anybody else would be if they're considering you as a play partner. I mean, but yeah. some people really freaks them out, and we're like, well, that's not going to work. So now I'm judging um, you, but. <laughs> I wasn't judging you before, but maybe I am now.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well. Yeah.
1: Uh, so switching topics just a little bit, we always like to bring up safety and with sex and just in this...
2: And sexual health. Right,
1: sexual health and non-monogamy in general, and I wanted to know how you two approach that and what kind of conversations you like to have.
2: Yeah, either with each other or with other people, and sort of what precautions you take just to kind of give people more resources on that end as well.
0: Uh, well, I'm, my um, undergrad was in public health, and so I've seen a lot of pictures of things that you can't ever not see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I've always been a super strict, um, prevention in all areas. Like I'm always an ounce of prevention kind of person. And so it's never been a question of if with, with protection. Um, it was surprised us when we got in that we even had to have that conversation. There was one time when a guy, uh, we were, it was one of our, it was one of our first group, first and last group experiences, uh, probably because it was so shocking Mm -hmm. that I was leaning over, like touching some soft boobies and I feel Bray come up behind me and I was like, Oh yeah. So I kind of lean him back while I'm touching. And then all of a sudden there's this jarring feeling and I look back and Bray's like standing there. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, what am I doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, what are you doing? And it wasn't Ray that was behind me. It was some other guy who didn't have a condom on. And he was like, if I hadn't been watching, and I was like, you're totally right. I was like, okay. And that's why I realized that group situations weren't for me, because I want to be able to close my eyes and be trusting. So I I will never be in a room naked unless every single person I know connect, feel comfortable with, and I'm okay with them touching me. Because I don't want to be that... I don't want to have to be on guard. That's not the point. Right. Yeah. So from that moment, Oh, and then I remember afterwards I kept saying, I feel like I should tell his wife that he did that. And Ray's like, um, she watched the whole thing happen. She knows. Wow. Which was just awful and scary and disgusting to us. And so it made us realize that it's not as implied as it should be Right. that you do have to talk about it in our opinion. Um, if people ask about not wearing condoms, it's usually a, a red flag for us. Like um, we're both really careful to say never, not going to happen. Right. Right. Um, so we, and we both get tested. We actually got very careful about, so we switched primary care physicians because we wanted to be able to have a discussion and we didn't feel very comfortable with the one we had. I'm curious so for, for anybody who's looking to do that. How, how did you find somebody that you were
2: more comfortable with? Because that's, that's a tough thing to do.
0: Well, for us, actually, it was more about getting out of the big hospital system that shares records among all the offices. I didn't like that. That felt really uncomfortable. So we ended up going with a private um, primary care practice where we just felt like it was more contained. Um, and just that just, I mean, we live in a small place. And so it's just, and I know there's HIPAA and all that, but it just felt. That does yeah. help more. I knew that we would be more comfortable asking for STI testing. We used to just go to the health department, other counties, and say that our names were Jane and John Doe and Yeah, just you know, gonna and test like, really it? your name's John Doe. Yep. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and this is my wife Jane. <laughs> yes, That's right. <laughs> exactly. Um and uh, the other thing I'll mention, this isn't quite so much STI as it is just something that I learned um, that I always love to share with other, other women. I learned that um, I have a latex irritation. I wouldn't call it an a aller- allergy, but it's an irritation. Mm-hmm. So I started using non-latex um, condoms, and then I found that I could use f- um, fractionated coconut oil as the lube. And it is that has been a game changer for the health of of my girl parts because um, it's just so natural. It tastes good, so that's nice too if you're switching around what you're doing. And and just and the other thing is if there's ever any issues with um, like pH in, uh-huh. with with the vagina, that there's this stuff called um, boric acid that I use and it helps to get the pH balance correct. And so those are those are kind of like little. Natural hacks, where it's kept me from having to go get on antibiotics or figure out what's, you know, going on. Those have been kind of preventative things that that have been really helpful for us. Awesome.
1: Well, because usually coconut oil is not recommended to use with condoms, but that's mostly because of the latex, right? Latex.
0: Oh, they'll eat a latex one in a second. Exactly. Don't ever use them with latex. Thank you for reminding me to be Mm -hmm. very clear with that. Non-latex with the fractionated coconut oil. That's, it's just, that's been a huge... From. Which is sexual health. We're, I mean, it's not talking about preventing STIs, but it is oh, yeah. keeping oh, all the yeah.
1: parts, all the parts happier. Yes, yeah. and I, yeah, I feel you on that. So
2: are there Are there any other resources that, or resources or things that you've picked up along the way, sort of working our way towards wrapping up here, that you wanted to to share with people? Again, whether it's a resource or just something you learned, something somebody shared with you that, that you think would be beneficial to get out there.
3: Um, yeah, that first couple that we met in Desire, um, the the male half of that, he he said, you know, and typically in our experience, if the guys don't have at least some sort of connection, like they can't, you know, like just camaraderie, right? It's it's not going to work. Yeah um what was the other piece
0: of? well I thought he specifically said imagine if you would be if you'd want to go and sit and have right. two or three beers at a sports bar with this guy so take his beautiful wife out of the out of the picture would you go and sit and have two or three beers with just this guy and if the answer is no yeah. jump ship
3: jump ship yeah, yeah, just,
0: yeah. that yeah. has served us really well and and we kind of looked at him like why does that matter and then he goes you know when all the sexy times done the conversation is a little awkward anyway, and if you don't like the dude, it's really awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like, that is that has served us really well. Yes. Yeah.
3: And that um with play partners, um, likes attract, like like personalities oftentimes. And then, yeah. you know, oftentimes it's opposites with your primary relationship. So that was an interesting
0: that was helpful to be, to hear from the get-go so it wasn't like, you know, some of the people that, that Ray's had the biggest chemistry with are so different than me that I could have, I could see how that could have been something that could have gotten in my crawl. Like, oh, would you rather have somebody that's quiet and tiny and blonde? You know, it's All like, right. no, like, he's got loud and tall and brunette. Like, he'd probably be rather be with somebody that's a little different because he's already got this. And, they, and it's been true that the guys that I have a lot of chemistry with are a lot like more dominant and loud like I am and we have great chemistry but we both could say oh my gosh I could never live with you (laughs) (laughs) you drive me crazy and that was just a nice way to normalize that to say it doesn't mean that they're missing something in you they've got that balance and this is an opportunity to try that very different flavor of ice cream kind of yeah yeah Yeah, definitely um and then I guess you know like resources like were you meaning like blogs and websites and things like
3: that. Sure. Too. Yeah. And I'm super spoiled in that regard. You know, she is a therapist and she does lots of quote research and I get three or four podcasts to listen to a week in my inbox. So, uh,
2: she, she filters through all the, all the bullshit. Yeah. So you just get the, the distilled version. That's right.
3: right. And she'll even she's So she's so kind that she'll even say, start listening at minute 43. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: He's a lot more likely to listen if I do that. <laughs> well, and of course that started early because we—I started grad school two months after we got married, and so we always laughed that like I would come home with highlighting, like read this and then read this and then read this, and, read this. and he's like, "So when you get your degree, well, I get a certificate of being the perfect husband." <laughs> <He's> like, Yep. <laughs> Um, but I do, I mean, I use I use um, websites and blogs, uh, more podcasts than blog podcasts, books, audiobooks, TED Talks all the time, um, and some of my favorites, which I can send to you to link in the show notes, but... Um, we um, actually, we both really like Aubrey Marcus's podcast a lot. Um, he's kind of a, he's got a little bit of everything, but he's very, he's in a very openly open relationship. I've um, been in the public sphere. And so he does a lot of talk about that. Um, of course, we got a thing. That's um, a podcast that I've been on before. And I work with, with the Joneses. They're great. There's a old an old podcast. It started in, I, I want to say like 2005. It isn't in public. It isn't, uh, they aren't producing anymore, but it's called Sex Is Fun. Yeah, they've got a million topics, and there's one about the female prostate gland that I probably send out weekly to friends or <laughs> clients. <laughs> just a lot of a lot of um, technical information. Yeah, um, Sex Nerd Sandra, similar, a lot of technical information and a really wide spectrum um, of different things. And then there's one called the Together um, Together dot. I think it's just the Together. of... Uh, show for couples. And he does a good job of interviewing all different types of couples to understand what is it that, that makes a couple work. Um, he used to be a divorce attorney. So that's kind of fun to see him switch. And then the two that I help, that I, I recommend a lot to help individuals get their brains, right. And their emotions, right. To be able to handle this thing we do, I often call it adulting 2.0. It's kind of the, the more complicated <laughs> version of adulting. Um, one is called unfuck your brain.
2: And that's a podcast?
0: That's a podcast. There's a book called How to Unfuck Your Brain. It's not that. It's a podcast called Unfuck Your Brain. Her name is Kara. And then another one's called The Adult Chair Podcast. And that's one that's really great for giving you a framework to understand your emotional responses to things. So I am almost always listening to something and sharing it. around. Awesome. No, those are a lot of
2: ones we haven't heard before, so that's that's really exciting. Yeah. Some new listening for us.
1: Yeah, and before we wrap up, I know we've alluded to the fact that you didn't, weren't involved with non-monogamy in your practice at all, and then you met some clients that admitted it to you, and you talked about it, and now you've transitioned to um, doing a lot more of that discussion with non-monogamy, and I wanted to see if you could just talk a little bit about that. And, Um, And also
2: maybe how people can get in touch with you or, yeah. or if you're looking for new clients and what, what the best way to do that is. And and we'll put all the information in the show notes too. So people don't
0: have to like oh, sure. write it down as you're telling us. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I was a, a counselor for years before with just, I mean, a very wide population practice from little kids to adults, couples, teenagers, all that. And I always liked couples the best and literally our first trip to Desire there was this older man who was there with his girlfriend and he must have asked me what four times to, if he could hire me to see him and his girlfriend, like to be at their counselor while they were there. While in they were there. Yeah. And I was like, oh my, like what? I, like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like I'm on vacation too. <laughs> I'm on vacation. Number one. And like, how would I even, I had no idea, you know? Um, but it was interesting because i i was laughing about that with the couple that we that we met that we ended up um connecting with and he said you know that's not a bad business plan he said there are a lot of people that i think would really respond well to knowing that their therapist wasn't going to judge them who under had an understanding. And he said, you really should think about that. So the seed was planted on our first intentional trip. And every it's, it was like every time I went somewhere after somebody would say, gosh, I wish you were my therapist, or I wish I could talk to my therapist about this. And then I listened to a podcast with the Joneses, um, that was about, um, about, I think it was when Mr. Jones was having some jealousy issues. And I just wrote him as a personal account, just thanking him for being so vulnerable and sharing his story and how much it meant to me. And I said, I wish, said something like, I wish that my clients would be as vulnerable as you are. I think my work with them would be better. And so he wrote me back. He's like, Oh, you're a therapist and you're non-monogamous. We've got to have you on the show. And I was still too scared. I pushed him off for about 18 months. And then finally I got the nerve and we talked about what it was. And so I did, and I just set up a website and, um, it's, it has grown and grown and grown since then. So all my, all my therapy on my private side is, um, is through, uh, it's called Doxy. It's like Skype, but it's HIPAA compliant. So I've got clients in Japan and California and Texas and Canada and, uh, all over the place. So, um, Sometimes it's individual work. Oftentimes it's couples work. Sometimes it's two or three sessions to just get over one little hurdle. Sometimes we start with something non-monogamous and then we hardly ever talk about that. It ends up being like childhood, working through some of their issues from childhood. There's one couple who has hired me to see their 11-year-old daughter, so I see her. I mean, it's just, it's kind of whatever whatever people need to talk about. Sometimes it's finances or their business, because as we've talked about, you know, being non monogamous can have an impact on your budget as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> I have to call it coaching because I'm, I'm mostly working outside of my state, and my license, which only, my license for counseling only covers my state. Um, but it's the same work. Um, so my website's called Expansive, or my bus- business is called Expansive Connection. And so it's expansiveconnection.com, and people can go on that and just click a link to send me an email, and I'll send them all the information. Um, it's still a small practice. I try to keep it as part of my life, not the full thing, even though I do enjoy it more than my vanilla practice. I have to say. Um, and, and so I have, I do, I do take a few clients, uh, a few new clients every month, but I do try to keep it kind of small. And I like for people to be willing to commit to some consistency at first. Um, and then oftentimes that's all they need is just to get over that little bit of issue they're having and then they move on and they might check back in in a year or something if they need that. But, um, my my idea is to kind of work myself out of a job quickly because I don't I don't want to be there I'm not a like Freud like come back every week for the rest of your life by any <laughs> means so. but it's been fun it's been a great way to connect with people and um, it's really neat how much faster and deeper the connection goes than with my vanilla practice, because these people generally have already done a lot of work and introspection and growth. They're listening to podcasts. They're, they really are committed to deepening their relationship and growing themselves. And so I love being invited on that journey. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Well, I think that's a fantastic resource. And it's one of the things that struck us when we talked to you, whatever it was last week was that your goal wasn't just to like, lock people in for as long as you possibly could. And you talked about how you're oftentimes referring people out. Like I can help you to this point, but then you need to go talk to this person or this person. And that your goal is to actually help them, not just to make money off of them. Right. So we, we love to hear that. And that was inspiration for us to get you on as quick as we could. So. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> thanks. And Appreciate thanks for taking time for out of your busy Monday afternoon and making time to chat. So
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and thank you for giving us a chance to do this together. It was definitely a different, a different sphere to bring bring Ray along with me.
1: Is there anything that we missed that you wanted to bring up before we close? I don't think so.
2: I don't think so. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you again for the world premiere of Ray, and we, we look forward to maybe a, an encore at some point. Yeah, you never know, for sure. And, yes, uh,
0: and and as we, as we said before, we're definitely um, hoping we get to bicycle along some beautiful roads in the southeast right. with you guys when you come back and look for your next adventure. Yes. Sounds good. Well, well thanks well. so much. Yeah. Thank All you. Right. Thank
2: well, you. Thank you. Hello, we're back. Do you want to cut me off again?
1: <laughs> come on you were just giving me a look
2: i gave you a good look anyway thank you to katherine and ray for reaching out coming on the show sharing their story and hopefully we can get them back on for some follow-up stuff we got a lot more to talk about with them uh stuff that stuff that we didn't get to yeah i hope so so Yeah, I don't know. What else you got to say?
1: Uh, Next week, we actually have a special release on Monday, and we are talking with the founders of Polyfinder.
2: Another app?
1: Yes, another app. But this one's really cool, too, and so we wanted to have them on as well.
2: Yeah, and we, we coordinated these with the two app developers, and, yeah, they're, 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 what's the word?
1: Collaborative?
2: They're not collaborative, but they're, they're friendly?
1: Sure. I don't know what word you're trying to go for here. I don't know. Um, I don't know. They, they're they both sex positive, uh, trying to c- improve the community, and both awesome apps. And,
2: and supportive of each other. Yeah, yeah. That, that's maybe, maybe that's the words I was thinking of. So, yeah, so that's a pretty fun interview with Nami and
1: Bruce mm-hmm. from Australia. Yeah. I shouldn't say it like that. No. And, yeah, so... And then next Wednesday, we'll have our normal interview release, which will be with a couple, Wyatt and Josephine, which have a really cool story.
2: Yes. So, no, we should stop rambling. And one thing I did want to say, I know I just said I was going to stop rambling, but uh, the best way to help support the show, if you want to, Mm -hmm. is tell a friend. Or tell all your friends... Maybe tell your family, Mm -hmm. all the people in your polycule, if you have one of those. If you don't, you should get one so you can tell them. Yes. All right. Spread the word. Tell everybody, and we
0: will see everybody on Monday. Yeah. Bye, everyone.